Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, whether that's Android or Apple. You can also find us on the Nothing But Net channel, just download Dash Radio for free. Search for Nothing But Net. We're there every day at 7 p.m. Also, my new show on OnsideRadio.com resumes next week at 10 a.m. every weekday. FiveReasonsSports.com as we speak. Brady Hawk just put up his game recap. We're going to do that here on the podcast. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, including our friends over at MyBookie. I played this tonight. Didn't go quite so well, but that's okay. There's always tomorrow. Every sports fan knows that it's not about how you start the season. It's about how you finish. Finish at my bookie 2020 finishes strong with NFL college football. And of course the return of NBA action sign up today to receive a halfway deposit match up to a thousand bucks. And while you're at it, ring in the holidays with six days of giveaways. You heard it here first from December 21st, 26, my bookies hooking players up with free bets, casino chips and blackjack tournaments with huge cash prizes. And it's all week long to get in on the action. It's simple sign up, make your first deposit and enter the promo code five on the floor spell it out five on the floor to claim your bonus and start taking advantage of the holiday freebies head over to my bookie to discover this year's batch of fun on-site promotions and win big with six days of giveaways we're right in the middle of it right now this holiday season bet with the best with mybookie.ag and now tonight's episode one two three four five on the floor Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. The Miami Heat's 2020-2021 season resumes where the 1920 season ended with a loss. Um, this one was not quite the catastrophe that the game six was against the Lakers, but it wasn't particularly good either. The Heat lose 113 to 107. They get outscored 34 to 24 in the fourth quarter. We will get into the closing lineups and some of the struggles here in the game. The big number that jumps out, though, 22 turnovers, 17 of the 22 committed by Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, and Tyler Hero, as Evan Fournier has 25, Aaron Gordon 20, 15 apiece for Vucevic and Fultz for the Magic. Um, let's start with you here, Alex. I, I believe you're here. I don't know if you're, you're jumping on these calls. I've got Alex Toledo. I've got Greg mm-hmm. Sylvander. Today's floor plan is basically we're going to recap this loss. Um, give me the single biggest problem for the Heat tonight. Well, I think the obvious one, like you already mentioned, was the turnover problem. I think it was sloppy from the start. I think uh, – you know, Hero in his first game as a starting point guard, you know, in the new regular season, I think kind of struggled a little bit, even though I thought he looked really good as far as using the screens and getting around to his dribble pull up and, you know, going from there. But as far as, you know, the, the, the top of the perimeter, he was getting hounded by Markel Fultz, who I thought did a really good job on defense and just using his length to really bother Hero's dribble and even bothering him before he got the, the, the ball on the catch and move. And then on top of that, you know, they threw Michael Carter-Williams on him a couple of times, I believe, who's also very long. 
And, you know, the Magic turned him into a productive player just by taking him off the ball and making him a really just a defensive guy. So I think Hero really dealt with a lot of length tonight. I think even Cole Anthony, who he has a size advantage over, is pretty competitive on that end of the floor. And I think obviously Clifford has coached him up on that end of the floor. And, you know, not to make excuses for him, because like I said, he had an up and down game. I was really happy with him on the offensive side of the floor once he was able to keep control of the ball. But as far as the whole team, I think just it was a really sloppy game with turnovers. And I think if it wasn't for that, if that margin was a little closer, it probably would have been a heat W. Yeah. Also, Greg, I mean, uh, we're going to start here with Tyler Hero because this was the big story of him starting along with Mo Harkless, along with Bam, Jimmy and Duncan. We wondered who the other two starters were going to be. They went with these two guys. Um, but Hero's stat line to me doesn't really tell the story. I mean, he was thir- he had 13, 6 and 4, which looks fine on paper. The four turnovers, but I actually felt he was responsible for two or three more that actually were credited to Bam or Jimmy just because, you know, where Tyler was getting the ball to them or not getting it to them late. And I think Alex hit on it. I mean, the Magic are flawed, clearly, but one thing they do have is a lot of length. And we saw today the issues with that for Tyler against length. I mean, it's it, it's he's going to struggle with that. And I think it does We sort of raise the question. We know Tyler's made great strides here, but they looked like a different offense when Dragic was running it than when Hero was running it. And to me, that's a little bit concerning. Definitely concerning. And also, I mean, when you see the amount of turnovers from guys like Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, I think Bam had seven, Jimmy had six. When those are the guys that are picking up the slack from a ball handling perspective when Tyler Hero is starting, and those guys are turning it over as well, it just made for a recipe for for a sloppy performance across the board. Um, You know, Dragic was one of the the few guys that – took care of the ball throughout the game. And um, the, the other tough thing also, you know, just as you kind of look at, at the way that they distributed minutes, I think that there's some things we can talk about, about who we didn't see, but Mo Harkless just has to play better. I mean, at some yeah. point uh, that that's going to be something that I know we're not going to pull the plug on it too quickly. Uh, we've talked about that on this, on this podcast before, but uh, he has to give you more than, than what we've seen so far. 23 pretty empty minutes tonight. And that comes after the two preseason games. And it seems like they have him in the starting lineup to do two things, stand in the corner on offense and try to hound point guards on defense in part, because you don't want Robinson or hero having to do that uh, because uh, simply they're going to be outmatched against most point guards. And then Jimmy, you want to preserve him a little bit. He did have the seven steals and the seven assists tonight. We'll talk more about Jimmy later, but you, you have hit on it with Harkless. Like you can't, have all those wasted minutes. And when Achua, who is somebody else we're going to talk about later played, there was a decided difference. Um, I mean, Achua on the game was plus six. Harkless was minus four. I mean, that's, excuse me, that's not dramatic, but Achua had eight points, three rebounds. And just, there was an energy shift when he came in the game that didn't exist there with Harkless. I want to close the book here on hero though. And the turnovers before we move on to the second part of this, which is lineup and rotation related because I thought it was interesting the way things played out at the end of this game when things got away. But, I mean, are there concerns, Alex, with the hero experiment? I mean, do we chalk this up to one game? He's learned from everything else. He'll learn from this. Or, I mean, are we going to be saying in, like, three weeks, you know, they need to put Goran Dragic in the starting lineup? No, I don't think we'll be there. I, I Like I said, I think Hero had a had a tough matchup with the defensive guards that the Magic have to, to, to deploy on him, knowing that he was the point guard. And, you know, just to kind of – situate them at the at the 
point of attack there as as opposed to him in his role that he played for a lot of the year last year where he was coming off of screens more more often than handling the ball at top and I think that's something that's new for him and I think he really has shown a lot of progress from last year to this year as far as that part of his game we obviously a lot of improvement we saw a lot of improvement from him there in the bubble but I'm not really worried about it I really not all right, so let's get to the next part of this. And we debated what the starting lineup would be. He decided to go with Harkless and with and with Hero. I don't think the Hero part was a big surprise to us. The Harkless part was maybe a mild surprise because we'd heard so much about KZ and then KZ didn't end up playing. But I thought the closing lineup was interesting because, I mean, until the very end, I mean, he kept Goran Dragic out till about two minutes were left in the game. And by then it was kind of over. Um, so Goran was not really part of the core closing lineup tonight. I know he had four fouls, um, but also he was eight of 13 from the field, three of three from the line, four rebounds, seven assists. I mean, Goran in a game that I didn't even think he would be playing when he went down with that foot injury. I didn't think he'd be back by now. He was 24 and seven with a steal and just one turnover and a plus seven in 26 minutes. I mean, Incredible. He, he was their best. He was their best offensive player tonight. I mean, I know Bam had moments. We're going to talk about those, but for Dragos to have that kind of line and he really wasn't out there until the very end when Spolster put him back in there with Iguodala. But before that it was Robinson and Olinick that were out there. And I know Kelly hit the one three, but there wasn't much of a contribution beyond that. Greg, were you surprised by kind of the way the fourth quarter played out from a rotation perspective? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was surprised by the rotation in general. Uh, the fact that we didn't see KZ at all, the fact that you didn't get any Avery Bradley minutes, and I know that he maybe has some lingering injury stuff that is, is um, you know, getting in the way of him being able to contribute. But uh, it, it, it's kind of just a situation where you, I feel like you played well enough on offense to win Truthfully, this has to do with every bit of defense um, and being as aggressive as possible, getting to the free throw line and then just not turning the ball over. So it's a lot of like basic stuff. I think that this is a theme we're going to have to embrace to a certain degree. The first 30 days or so of this season is that this is really an extended preseason. Kevin O'Connor from the ringer tweeted something similar earlier today. And I really felt that it summed it up perfectly. Like this is going to take time for guys. So it was a little sloppy. And I think if some of that's cleaned up, maybe some of the rotation stuff, we're not looking to poke as many holes in uh, this early. Well, and, and if you look down the bench a little bit, I mean, I thought Iguodala really struggled tonight. I, I, I know he had, he had a steal. His hands were in the passing lanes, but he was really, you know, one of the things that Andre brings you is a calmness. And I actually felt that he was frenetic tonight. Like he he made a lot of questionable passes, a couple of which led directly to turnovers. Um, and of course he didn't really give you anything offensively because he can't really finish anymore. And then Kendrick Nunn really gave you nothing in eight minutes. I mean, he got to the rim once. So, I mean, you look at the bench, you know, Olenek played 20 minutes, five points, three rebounds and assists, two steals. Dragic was great. Precious, you know, we'll talk more about him, but eight points and three rebounds, but then nothing from Iguodala, nothing from none. So your bench is supposed to be a strength, but then you look at the other side, they got 19 from Terrence Ross because it's against the Heat. Of course they did. I thought Cole Anthony gave him good minutes. I thought that Michael Carter-Williams gave him good minutes, particularly defensively. Okiki, I thought, gave him decent minutes. And Birch actually gave him decent minutes. So, I mean, really, Vucevic struggled in this game for most of it. 
but one of the reasons Orlando was able to overcome was they pretty much played the, the heat bench to a standstill. And I, I think if that's yeah, the shot. case, Alex, the, the, then the heat are going to struggle in some of these. Yeah. Games. And I think, you nailed it. like they got a lot of good minutes from a lot of the rotation guys. And I think they also outshot the heat from three by, by a fair margin. I want to say by five threes last time I checked. Uh, and I think that's kind of uh, uh, just like we talked about last year, all year, that's a big indicator of whether the heat win or not, especially on the road is how much their threes are falling. And they were able to create a lot of the looks that they were able to create last year. I thought the offense was running pretty well when they weren't turning the ball over. I, I, I think the team in general was kind of frenetic. Like we said, a little bit sloppy with the ball in their hands, but they were creating a lot of the same looks. And, and uh, regarding Iguodala, I saw another in kind of half jokingly, but half seriously that Iguodala should just sit half the season. However they do that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's up to them. But I just think like, we already know what he provides and, the more rested he is, the better he looks in the playoffs, especially at his age. So I, I just think it makes a lot of sense to throw KZ in there somewhere, whether it's for Mo in the starting lineup or Iguodala off the bench. That's really the only uh, thing I would like to see with the rotation. I'd like that they brought in Precious as a big next to Kelly. Kelly also got some mini- minutes next to Bam, which is how I prefer to see Kelly on the floor. So I, I was actually pretty happy with the rotation tonight. All right, we're going to get some more of this in a second. We want to talk Jimmy, Bam, and Precious. Before we do, a word for Manscaped. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. Before we do, I want to tell you about another of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. You know, Knicks are no good in the NBA. You're familiar with that? The Knicks are no good? Well, Knicks are no good when you're shaving certain parts of your body either. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. I never thought I would actually say that on a podcast and just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean, premium, the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Make sure you trim yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN at manscaped.com. And now this is where I end my career. Your balls will thank you. And now back to the episode. All right, Ethan Skolnick here back on five on the floor. Greg Sylvander, Alex Toledo after the Miami Heat lose their opener 113 to 107. Of course, they play on Christmas Day at home. Alex and I will be at that game. It's against New Orleans at 12 o'clock. On Christmas, okay, going through some of the numbers again, let's get to the Heat's two stars and how they played tonight. Jimmy Butler, 36 minutes, 19 19 points, three rebounds, seven assists, seven steals, six turnovers. Uh, He filled up the box score, only got to the line for five free throw attempts, which is low for him. Didn't attempt a three with seven of 15 from the floor. Bam Adebayo in 35 minutes, 11 of 16 from the floor, including three jumpers that he made, three of four from the line. 11 rebounds, three of them offensive, four assists, no steals, one block, seven turnovers, minus 12. Jimmy was a minus five. Uh, Bam ended up with 25. I said before the game that I could see that the Heat having five players who averaged between 15 and 19 this season wasn't too far. The five players basically averaged between, scored between 13 and 25 tonight with Hero at 13 
Bam at 25. But of course, Jimmy 19, uh, Robinson 14, Dragic 20. What did you see? Uh, from, Jimmy didn't play any of the preseason games, so we haven't seen him since the last game of the finals. What did you think tonight, Greg? I thought he was a little slow to engage and uh, was feeling out the game. And I, I think that that's pretty typical Jimmy. But overall, when you look at the way that his game shook out and, and the the burst that we saw as the game went on. Um, obviously, he was active from the get-go. Seven steals is a career high for him. This is about the Jimmy Butler box score throughout the regular season, right? I mean, like, th this is essentially what you're getting from him. Tw 23, some semblance of 25 and 5. And, you know, like, the stats are going to sway themselves in, in, in one way or, the, you know, one direction or the other. This was not a game that the Heat lost because they didn't show up offensively. I mean, yeah, would, would, would we have liked to see a 36-point Jimmy Butler opening night takeover game? Yeah, but that's probably not going to be the way that we see Jimmy Butler approach these early games in the season. This was truly his first action. This is like really preseason type um, uh, warm up stuff from him from a physical perspective. Uh, and I know we're going to talk about Bam next. I was really encouraged with Adebayo's performance tonight. I know the seven turnovers jump off the page as something that are, are not uh, what you want to see from a, a guy that you're wanting to facilitate more and more. But that means he's being aggressive. 16 field goal attempts. Uh, I, I really liked what Bam did offensively. Yeah, and cycling back to Jimmy here for a second, and then we will touch on Bam more. Uh, you're right. He does feel his way into games. He did that a little bit tonight. There was the activity defensively. There were a couple of the scares with the ankle, which concerns you a little bit. Um, you, know, you certainly don't want something lingering. He dealt with a lot of lingering injuries last year, and there were a couple of moments. I mean, he had that the one that, where the free throw was wiped out because I guess they called a foul on Olenek after the fact. It was pretty unclear, but he had some of those moments. But yeah, it felt like Jimmy Butler kind of working his way. Even though the stat line was good, it felt a little bit offensively like uh, like Jimmy Butler's last preseason game would look. It because it, it, he didn't have one, and I don't want to make excuses for him because obviously you know this is a guy who had two of the most dominant finals performances of all time. He's capable of being better than this, but you know it, it felt he felt he looked rusty to me. Um, whereas to transition here, Alex to Bam, Bam looked confident with the jumper early. Um, you know, he was doing all the same things defensively that he typically does, but just wasn't strong as strong with the ball in the paint as he typically is. And so we saw the seven turnovers ball's going to be in his hands a lot. It's going to be in Jimmy's hands a lot, but you can't have 13 turnovers between them. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. It's everybody was a part of that tonight. Everybody who was, is a high usage player for the heat had way too many turnovers tonight. And actually hero was the one who had the least. He had three. Actually, I'm sorry. No. He has four turnovers here. Like you said, Jimmy has six. Bam has seven. And oh, Goron. Never mind. I'm sorry about that. Goron only has one. I read that. I read that wrong. Goron is the only one who was able to take care of the ball tonight. But like you said, mo multiple guys having that many turnovers is just not going to lead to a W most nights, especially when you're getting outshot from three. And I really is. I really do think that that's the key to what happened tonight. And like the shots were there, man. The shots were there. I honestly. Uh, didn't really uh, see anything wrong with Jimmy. Like he kind of takes his time to really get into a game and, and to try to put his, uh, you know, put his print on a game offensively as far as scoring. But he ended up seven to fifteen. I thought he played very good defense. Uh, obviously, got seven steals. I, I thought Jimmy played his game. The only thing where I thought everybody was kind of off, including Bam here, was the turnovers. I, I do think like that's something that's kind of an outlier game that we're not going to keep seeing. I thought Bam was the best player tonight. 
with Goron behind him. And I was really, really impressed with what Bam is doing at all times, man. I, I just, I, I always am. I think he's constantly switching on to different guys. He, and I always notice it like, oh, wow, all of a sudden he switched on to Cole Anthony or he switched on to this wing or he switched on to another guy. And he's really just solving these problems for him one at a time. I mean, he looks great as a rebounder, looks so aggressive on offense, whether as a passer or as a shooter. I mean, he was getting in rhythm jumpers like we wanted to see. Again, I think Bam is ahead of schedule. Let's get to the next guy, somebody else who looks ahead of schedule and the fact that he played tonight at all after, as we've talked about, no preseason for really two games, no summer league, no NCAA tournament, no conference tournaments, and Precious Atua played significant minutes tonight and he made an impact and I think we've talked a lot about the Chris Silver role and what Chris Silver provided early last year and like Precious did this at a higher level tonight 14 minutes three or four from the floor two four from the line three rebounds plus six eight points a lot of energy now we didn't see him and Bam together except that one little sequence at the end of the quarter mostly Achua played with Kelly as sort of a four five combo I mean, we didn't see Akpala tonight. That's where we're going to close. But Achua is pretty much as advertised. He's pretty much a plug-and-play guy. And I think that's really encouraging. It also, um, I think that it's his skill set shows that Kelly Olynyk still has a viable skill to bring to this rotation as a big uh, that Precious is just not. And you... You mentioned that the very small amount of time we saw Adebayo and Precious together. I want to see more of that at some point. I know it's probably unrealistic at this point, but I, um, I definitely would like to see those two get some minutes next to each other, but it's good to see that he's contributing early. He looks like he's ready. He was not phased by the moment at all. So he looks like a guy who um, they can definitely at least count on for some semblance of bench minutes to start the season. So that is uh, one of the bigger takeaways from from game one it's like there's almost a part of me that's like plug him in for mo harkless the way harkless looked in game one <laughs> well that's going to be my next question because okay so achua gets the minutes tonight and akpala does not we know that harkless struggled throughout the preseason it didn't look much better today leonard didn't play so you've got another big who's playable who see what is that play- like they gave him well, nine million dollars play- and they didn't play him i don't well, and, and- and well, and look, maybe part of it is you're showcasing Kelly a little bit, although I don't know that you would need to do that. But I, I didn't see a role from that. But the problem is tonight, did you really see a role for Myers? I mean, Vucevic wasn't getting off. And so, you know, I, I felt like they wanted Kelly as the additional ball handler out there, particularly, you know, with some of the struggles that Tyler was having and to help Bam and Jimmy out. But yeah, you know, he didn't play. And you're right. This is going to be an issue if Myers is not going to play at all then it raises more questions about that. I think there are certain teams he is going to play against. But getting back to the Precious point, if if they're already trusting him with 14 minutes in a season opener when there was like next to no preseason and, again, no summer league, it would seem to me that if they're going to make a change at the four spot, it probably would be him, not KZ, right, Alex? I mean, isn't wouldn't that be the lean? And then maybe uh, Myers becomes an extra big? I don't think I agree with you guys there. I, I really like the role of Precious being next to Kelly like that. I think another spacing big and, you know, we, we know what Kelly brings to the team on offense as far as a spacing big and somebody who can help initiate some stuff so that we don't have to put Precious in that situation right away. Like, I don't think you have to develop <laughs> Precious into being bam right away like that with a dribble handoff and the playmaking stuff. Like, Kelly's already good at that right now. So I think that takes pressure off of Precious to really just be a screen and roll big on offense who hustles for rebounds on both ends of the floor and can kind of switch on to different guys if necessary on defense 
And look, I really love that they played him from game one. I would have really liked to see K- KZ, but again, I think KZ is more of what they need at the four than Precious. Unless Precious is able to just start shooting threes at a good rate, I, I don't really like that fit yet. I think that's something that you can build to eventually. I wouldn't mind them playing together right now, but I think you would have to have three great shooters like Goran, Duncan, and Hero around them or, or you know, some lineup like that because I, I don't think he's somebody that you plug into the starting lineup and in, into that role. I, I don't think he can fit the, you know, the three and D power forward role. And to me, that's what KZ can fit into right away. So let's close here. And again, uh, support our sponsors, manscaped.com. Use the code 5RSN, mybookie.ag. Use the code 5 on the floor. We've got some more sponsors we're introducing next week. And we'll have a podcast with Michael McCulloch that's going up for uh, for the Christmas Day game. Some stuff about what's going on with the Heat from a marketing perspective and inside the arena. Let's close here, though. Tonight, just watching tonight's performance, does it change in any way? I'll leave this to both of you guys. How you feel about this team for this season, Greg? I mean, no, it's one game. It, let's not overreact to anything. I, I feel like there's still a lot to be ironed out from a rotation perspective. I don't know that Mo Harkless is the long-term solution. I am a little concerned there. I, I won't lie, but um, we'll see what happens Christmas day. I am not overly concerned. I feel like offensively, everybody looked good. Bam is rising up and uh, just clean up some turnovers and they'll be fine. Alex. I pretty much feel the same way and pretty much everything Leif said there. I, it was, it's just about cleaning up the turnovers. I think they're going to hit more threes as uh, more games pass by. They were an elite three-point shooting team all last year. And I'm not really trying to make it all about that. I just feel really good about what we saw from them on the floor when they weren't turning the ball over. Like they looked really confident on offense and obviously a little bit too confident, a little bit too sloppy. But I, I was really happy with what they were able to do with the offense, what they were able to do with the, you know, with the rotation and the guys that they played. And I do agree that I am, I am concerned about Harkless. It was good to see him hit a three and, you know, not foul out. But I just <laughs> I, I don't want to be mean. It just feels like he is the most average player there is in the league. Like it's he's like if there was a definition for league average, it would be more Harkless. That's how I feel. And so I would be fine with it if there wasn't a Casey Akpala behind him, who's, who right. I think you can trust a little bit more with the three already and the ball handle. And the thing is, Harkins was supposed to be brought in here for defense. So I'm good if, uh, you know, I think Spo is going to leave him in as a starting power forward for a little bit of time. I'm good with that. You know, he deserves it. He's a veteran. Give him time to prove himself. Sure. But uh, if he doesn't, if the defense just isn't as strong as advertised, I think you got to give Akpala a chance. He provides other things as well. I, I think it's what we said. I think Mo Harkless is a placeholder. You know, the only question is how long he holds the place. And, you know, a lot of it will depend on the start they get off to this season. And look, sometimes we rule guys out, you know, and, and then, you know, a lot of heat players who struggle and then they come on a little bit later and we kind of say, okay, we were too hard on that guy. I agree with you, Alex. I think, look, Mo Harkless has a lot of, has some skills that have kept him in the league. And he also has some liabilities that have sent him around the league. And so eventually a player like that, an awkward fit. Well, like, I feel like he's a little bit too slow to guard guards, a little bit too and like not and strong the, enough to guard power guard forwards. Up. Yeah, I don't think he can guard up the way Jay could guard up. I think that's the that's the big problem. And the, the I do like is- him to guard guards more than Hero, though. So I, that's honestly something we didn't talk about. So if he can do that pretty well and guard wings well enough, then there's some value for him there. But like, can't KZ do that too? Well, I think part of the concern right now, KZ, is like I said, it, it's continued bulking up. But if, yeah. if, Hark- if Harkless can't guard up anyway, then you may as well try KZ out. 
but it also may be a case of not wanting to throw too many young players in the mix too quickly. You know, you're already, sure. you're already, you're already breaking in precious. If you're going to break in KZ ahead of him, you've got hero learning new skill sets still at the point guard position. You know, Duncan's not a young, young player anymore, but he's adding things to his game. Obviously none. I don't know how long he's going to be a rotation guy. We didn't see, you know, the other thing we didn't talk about, we didn't see Avery Bradley at all tonight. Now, Avery Bradley didn't play in the bubble for the Lakers. He didn't look great in the preseason uh, in that game, but at yeah. the same time, you know, how, you know, they did bring him in for a specific reason. And it was in part to do kind of what they had Harkless doing tonight, which was chasing Markel Fultz around. So I'm curious to see where he fits. I mean, you saw no Leonard, you saw no Akpala and you saw no Bradley, and I can see roles for all three of those guys in different situations. So if Eric's going to roll 10, there's going to be opportunities for all of them. As far as Harkless goes again, I, I see what you're saying out. He's kind of an average guy. Like I said, there's there's strengths that he brings that I think can help them, but there's also a reason he's been around the league, but he has felt all along to me like a placeholder. Like he's there until they feel KZ is ready for it, and I think ultimately we'll see KZ. All right, so the Miami Heat lose their opener 113-107 to the Orlando Magic. Again, the uh, random scrub Heat killer Terrence Ross and the Magic do them in. Christmas, Pelicans, 12 o'clock. Alex and I will be there. You can also check out the post-game streams on the YouTube channel. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.